0: It's wonderful how how the American people display their sportsmanship. Thank you for tuning in to another off-season episode of the Often Daunted Podcast with me, Burke White. Uh, Just top of the episode, before we get started here, I just wanted to send my condolences and uh, just all the T's and P's, thoughts and prayers to anybody out there uh, who was affected by just the series of tornadoes that tore through central Indiana. Um, Saw quite a few homes damaged. Uh, Haven't heard about any um, harm to people yet, but uh, here's... uh, yeah, here's hoping that uh, all that was lost is material. But yes, with that out of the way, I am so pumped to be recording here on a Sunday evening. Uh, just got back from Mich- uh, Mackinac Island with the family. Uh, great trip. Um, just a just a pleasure over there. It's a it's a favorite of my wife's family, and uh, I'm just pumped to be uh, embraced into the fold. It's a it's a, it's awesome heading up there to a house every season, every summer and it's just been a great time each time. Um expensive as all hell, but hey, I mean yeah. My my whole my whole uh ideology or I guess yeah. My whole view on vacation is just just put your head down, work as hard as you can when you're supposed to work and on vacation just worry about the bill once it's all done. Just enjoy yourself. That could be very irresponsible, but that's just the way I like to see it. But, yep, back to the real world where we saw the NBA draft on Thursday night. And what an NBA draft for our Indiana Hoosiers. So, let's get into it. At number 17 in the NBA draft, we saw Jalen hood shafino selected. And he will be heading to play his NBA basketball for the L.A. Lakers. Lakers GM Rob Pelinka just raved about Jalen. Um, Said his Mamba mentality is something that he's lived by. Uh, It's a code he's lived by his whole life. You could tell he just did not. You could tell he just didn't throw that out because he was at a Lakers interview. It felt like it was from the bottom of his heart and genuine. He has a very very serious approach to the game. He's special, very special. They got a well rounded young man that works his ass off on the floor. He's a good young man on the off the floor. That's it more than anything. The kid was just a pro. In college, I'm like, how in the hell can this guy be this mature? Yeah, that just speaks to the uh, yeah mechanic nature that uh, Jalen approached his entire season with. He's methodical in his training. And yeah, it, a lot of the hesitation from a lot of the Lakers camp seemed to be, I mean, what this guy, what does he bring in? Uh, for Jalen hood to go with the 17th pick, I think the Lakers got a steal. I do. Because I would say arguably Jalen's best asset. He did not even get the show off last year. While Jalen and Trace were both of our guys taken in this draft, Trace's game and just the way he led us kind of negated one of uh, Jalen's greatest uh, attributes. I mean, one of his highest touted skills when he was being recruited, which was his ability to get to the basket. With Trace Jackson Davis on the floor, guess what? That paint is crowded usually with a double team, if not a triple team, on just that one guy. And if there's anybody else down low in the post, it's just a packed house. And uh, Jalen really wasn't able to display his ability to um, get inside on these uh, defenses and uh, get past the first level, get to the rim, and uh, make a play. He showed it off at times, but uh, a lot of his game this season relied on that midi, that uh, pick-and-pop and and, uh, floater-type game. Yeah, with the spacing that just the NBA game entails, you have to imagine he'll be able to show off the skill that got him so highly touted in recruiting. I, 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 I'm very excited for what awaits Jalen hood Shafino in the NBA. I think that he can be a star in LA. That being said, I mean, it's not going to come right away. He has plenty to learn, plenty to grow into, plenty to adjust to. Um, the NBA is going to be, there are going to be some brutal growing pains with that. Uh, I know the Lakers did this as a way to uh, not quite handcuff them to having to give or having a little more leverage when going to the table with D'Angelo Russell. But that being said, it it I think, wasn't D'Angelo Russell Big Ten freshman of the year as well? Yeah. Funny parallel. Uh, yeah, there might be a parallel there. I want to thank uh, Alec, Alex Bozich at uh, Inside the Hall for just collecting pretty much every significant talking heads quote on uh, just in regards to the pick of our guys. I went ahead and picked one of the, I mean, just some of the ones that stood out to me. Um, Like uh, regarding this uh, Jalen hood Shafino pick, John Hollinger of The Athletic. Um, This is the one I I agreed with least out of all the uh, ones collected by Alex on the uh, Inside the Hall report on this. John Hollinger said, well, this is an interesting one for me personally. The Lakers track record in the draft over the last decade or so has been as good as any teams in the league. On the other hand, I think Hood Shafino is the most overrated player in the draft. As an on-ball player specializing in middies and floaters, but with the limited ability to either shoot the three or get all the way to the cup. I don't see a ton of upside here. And I don't really see how he fits in on a team with LeBron James and Anthony Davis. The Lakers track record here deserves respect, but I'm a bit puzzled. Again, yeah, he didn't convert the three at the highest clip but you saw he has the form of a shooter he he'll be able to find that you saw him go off he might be a little streaky but maybe that he can work work that out and find a nice level um as for getting all the way to the cup that's just what I talked about before where it was how are you getting to the cup there are there are like six bodies at any point in time when you're trying to get into the cup if our team was on the floor last year the only person who could get to the cup in the country was Trace Jackson Davis and thank Christ we had him I wanted to uh, also share Zach Buckley's uh, quote on the uh, Jalen Hood-Shifino pick. Zach Buckley from Bleacher Report uh, gave this pick a B grade, uh, saying, with, with D'Angelo Russell's free agency situation up in the air, the Lakers find something of a doppelganger in Hood-Shifino. The Big Ten Freshman of the Year is a poised pick-and-roll maestro with excellent vision and passing touch, and his Montverde Academy pedigree shines through in his disciplined defensive fundamentals. Jalen hood Chavino has a beautiful pull-up game that currently extends only as far as the mid-range. The Lakers have done a great job developing players in the Rob Polinka era, and if they can get him comfortable from deep, it could open up much more in his game. Hey. I mean, yeah, yeah. Like I brought up the D'Angelo Russell thing before, yeah. Zach Buckley. Uh, spot on with this. I, I, I think... Of course I'm going to gas up Indiana guys on this. the Often Daunted podcast. Um, I'm just a fan here speaking. Uh, just a... Uh, Trying to pass the time, not try, just uh, trying not to go crazy in the offseason here. Just awaiting the ever, ever, ever gracious gift that is Indiana basketball. Painful, yes, but God, you love it, you love it so much. Painful at times, I should say. Jalen hood Shafino's hero in life has been Kobe Bryant. And uh, good to see that I, I'm sure he's over the moon to be heading to L.A. All these young guys, L.A.'s the dream, it seems like, for every guy in the NBA. Seems like we're all the free agents head and it's exciting for Jalen that he is able to go and start his career there. And it, it, it speaks to, uh, cause that's a lot of, that's a lot for a rookie. Your rookie here in LA and, uh, it is his mechanic at work approach to his, uh, training, his, uh, craft that, uh, that could help him out, uh, put up, put up some blinders, some positive blinders and, uh, keep his mind focused on development and uh, taking advantage of this opportunity that he's earned. I'm for sure getting the Jalen hood Shafino Lakers jersey. Have to get it. Congrats to Jalen and his family. Such a crazy, meteoric shift in status and just being able to provide generational wealth for your family. It's incredible. What a a gift that uh, that moment must be. And uh, so happy for Jalen and his family that they got to share that. Now, while it all, while it was all smiles from the Shavino camp, the uh, Jackson Davis camp seemed, uh, it was on edge there for a bit. Thursday night, Trace Jackson Davis, the all-time Hoosier, the Indiana living legend, uh, was picked number 57 overall in the second round of the NBA draft. This pick was traded to the Warriors from the Washington Wizards, and this is a Supreme landing spot for our boy Trace Jackson Davis. Uh, he tweeted out that hey, he's going into the season with a little chip on his shoulder. Um, all you teams are going to regret this. And wow, uh, wow, that fifty-seven, while that fifty-seventh pick would usually be up for like debate if he's going to be on the squad, if he's whatever. Uh, Warriors GM Mike Dunleavy was quick to alleviate any of the any suspicion that this guy is going anywhere. He stated that uh, although selected late in the draft. Um, He will be on full contract. I think somebody was saying it was going to be, he's looking at three years. They uh, pulled out the red carpet for uh, the Golden State Warriors presentation, and uh, looks like he'll be wearing 32 for this upcoming season. I mean, he can't wear 23 with Draymond still on the roster technically, I think. Anthony Slater at The Athletic said, uh, the tail end of the Mike Dunleavy Jr.'s first day, as the Warriors' new general manager ended with a minor move layered into some bigger-picture themes about the evolving direction of his roster. Trace Jackson Davis, a prospect the the Warriors ranked as a late first-rounder on their final big board, was still available at the 57th pick. The Wizards held the 57th pick. That proved relevant because earlier in the day, the Warriors agreed to a blockbuster Jordan Poole for Chris Paul swap with Washington. This gave the Warriors a chance to broaden out the deal and accomplish another goal. They linked up with the Warriors again and agreed to add Patrick Baldwin Jr. into their outgoing package and, in a roundabout way, acquired that 57th pick for cash considerations. Then they used it to grab Jackson Davis, a prospect they coveted behind the scenes, manipulating him deeper into the second round and into their grasp, in part because Dunleavy has a strong relationship with Jackson Davis' agent, James Dunleavy, Mike's brother. This outcome appealed to both sides because the Warriors plan to give Jackson Davis a multi-year contract on the main roster, rare for a late second rounder. He'll be on the regular 15-man. Dunleavy said, "We're not overly loaded in the front court after Kevin Looney. Hopefully, we can get Draymond back. Uh, Jackson Davis is a guy who will provide insurance and hopefully grow this grow with the program. And as far as supreme ideal landing spots can go for our guy." This has to be it, right? Just look at the, I mean, yeah, the Warriors, it's going to be, uh, they're going to have to see if these guys can keep running it back. I mean, Steph doesn't look like he's slowing up, and it's, it's so awesome that Trace Jackson-Davis and Steph Curry will be on the same team. I think I saw a report that they'll have the lockers right next to each other this upcoming season. The Warriors look to run and shoot the three. Um, that's what most of the NBA is trying to copy now. They aren't always slamming it inside, but it, when they are, it's in a quick transition. And I think Trace Jackson Davis can still do that. I think he'll be able to provide that in the NBA. Um, He'll be able to provide some strength in the transition game from the front court. And he'll be able to dish with the best of them. To wide open Golden State Warriors, ready to shoot the three. Assists all day for our boy Trace Jackson Davis in Golden State. I see it. I see it on the wall. Assists and guess what? When they don't go in, the Golden State Warrior fans are going to find out that they just got probably one of the best Probably the best defender in the draft. Yeah, I said it. And uh, and one of the best rebounders. This kid is incredible. Uh, yeah, the one thing he wasn't bringing to the table was shooting. Um, I, he, we don't know if he has the ability to. He showed off some of it in the combine and whenever he was tested throughout all this. That being said, he doesn't need to shoot the three on the Golden State Warriors. Of course, you need to be able to shoot to get on the floor in the NBA today. But he, the floor's already spread to the gills with the Warrior squad. He can occupy the front court for them. He can muscle down low and uh, get some boards for his team, dish it out. He'll, he'll, he's, as far as growing into just like NBA strength, he's, he's a bit older than these rookies. So uh, I think he might be able to come out and show off in this summer league far more than people might anticipate. Like just, I mean, think about it. If this is going up against college and high school, like college and uh, 19 and 20 year old talent. That's what he's been doing and just dominating. Uh, I, I expect big things for Trace Jackson Davis. I'm going to go ahead and say it: and, and NBA Summer League MVP. He's going to have a lot of love because Indiana always shows a lot of love, wherever it may be. And uh, once he gets on the floor, I think that he can really – I think he will be able to dictate some of these guys who are still getting their NBA legs and uh, take it to him in Vegas. Excited to see this all go down and excited for these Hoosiers in the NBA celebrating nights like these are how we get bigger and bigger recruits this is how we do it we build the program we build the identity and we sell that identity by just celebrating the successes of both Jalen Hood Shafino and Trace Jackson Davis yeah hey Trace is coming out with a chip on his shoulder and Jalen is following the path of his legend his hero it's a great night for the Hoosiers great night for the Hoosiers how great! Incredibly great! Because it's one of the first times that in so long that the Hoosiers have had a multi multi draft pick year. In uh, shoot, I don't, it's just great because uh, hey, the the Hoosiers were one of the only schools to have multiple draft picks in this draft. We had Arkansas with three, UCLA with three, Alabama with two, Duke with two, Kansas with two, Kentucky with two, Houston with two, Michigan with two, Miami with two. Penn State with two. And yeah, and us. Honestly, a great draft by the Big Ten. Let's get into that a bit. The Big Ten saw eight picks in total taken. Uh, Pick 11 was Jet Howard to the Orlando Magic. Which I... Was that always where he was projected, or was that a reach? I genuinely don't know, and I genuinely wasn't interested enough to look. Uh... Shortly after him, uh, next up in the Big Ten, was uh, Kobe Bufkin with that 15th pick. Two after him was Jalen Hood Shafino. Shout out. Uh, pick 23 was Chris Murray out of Iowa, heading to the Portland Trail Blazers. The 28th pick was Bryce Sentiball from Ohio State, heading to the Utah Jazz. The 32nd pick in the second round was uh, Jalen Pickett from Penn State, picked by the Indiana Pacers. Uh, The 46th pick in the second round, Seth Lundy, also Penn State, heading to the Atlanta Hawks. And then we saw Trace Jackson Davis, Indiana, heading to the Golden State Warriors by way of the Washington Wizards. I have to say eight picks total. This seems like a shit ton for a league of players that don't play a game tailored for the next level. I have to say, I'm beginning to think that all this ragging on the Big Ten being unable to perform and get guys to the next level, is a bunch of SEC Big 12 propaganda. I'm here to shut it down. That being said, the SEC did have 10 picks. They were the only uh, conference with more draft picks than the Big 10. ACC was next with five. Quite a drop-off. Speaking of other conferences, guys who weren't taken, uh, it is uh, pretty crazy that we saw Drew Timmy, Oscar Shibwe, and Adama Sanogo all, take, all not taken. Um, all with eligibility, I believe. Um, all undrafted. I don't get the re I don't get the reasoning for running or I mean, just not running, but just, uh, why leave college if you don't, if, if you aren't a for sure thing and don't have to leave, why leave? These guys could have been making bank. They're three of the three of the like most, I mean, maybe 10 recognizable games in college basketball over the last year or two years in Oscar Sheboy's case. I figured they both, they all could have stayed and made some money, um, and figured it out and hoped for a projection in the draft before uh, being forced into it. But hey, they stuck by their guns. They went for it uh, coming up short. But uh, they will be, all all those guys will be getting time on. I'm sure Drew Timmy signs with a team for the Summer League. Uh, Oscar Shibway signed with the Pacers on a two-way contract. Adama Sanogo signed with the Chicago Bulls on a two-way contract. Andrew Funk out of Penn State signed a deal to play for the uh, Denver Nuggets in the Summer League. Justin Suing from Ohio State has signed to play for OKC. Um, I have to imagine that's a tough squad to make for these young guys because it's a whole crew of young guys. Um, He's for sure going to have to give them no reason to cut him if he wants to stay there. Um, Caleb McConnell from Rutgers has signed on for the OKC for the Summer League. Has signed on for OKC as well for Summer League. And again, that's just that deep, that young. It's going to be tough to make that team. They're going to really, yeah, yeah. Yeah, other than that, those are just some of the names that have recently come out with uh, news regarding signings. Of course, I'll get to that other one later. That'll be in Indiana News. Just finishing up our national news here, before we get to that Indiana news, we had uh, Dickie V. tweeted out a uh, suggestion to fill the West Virginia Mountaineers' uh, vacant role. And he said a guy with all kind of head coaching big-time experience who would be super during the one-year WVU hopes waiting period to make a final decision would be at Tom Crean. I don't hate it, Dick. I don't hate it. I think Tom Crean would be a great... uh, Just get him in there and uh, get these guys feeling as good as they can heading into the season. I think Tom Crean's good with his guys. I think his guys love him. And uh, right now, West Virginia just just needs something. I mean, yeah, that almost makes too much sense in my mind, in my very uneducated, uh, uh, not-knowing ball mind. I I don't even know what names are out there for this job right now. But, hey, I say, hey, run it back with Tom Crean. Run it back with Tom Crean. What else have you got? National news as Zach Eady is up for Best Collegiate Male Athlete at the ESPYs next month. Another off-season episode of The Often Daunted. Another week where Saudi money has entered American sports. Um, the floodgates are all the way open now. It's over. Uh, through a deal. It's not been announced officially. Uh, it sounds like Qatar Investment Authority is buying 5% in Monument Sports and Entertainment. These guys own the Wizards, the Capitals, their arenas, and it sounds like that five percent stake is going to be for four point oh five billion dollars. So uh, that is, I think, that's saying that two major sports teams and their arenas would be evaluated for roughly eighty billion dollars. I that seems like a lot to me. I didn't graduate from Kelly, so I don't know this. Um, but this on this seems like Saudis overpaying for a seat at any table. And it, it is so ironic. It is insanely ironic that it is the Washington teams that they immediately have gotten a seat at. It's crazy. It's it's insane. Oh man! All right. Uh, last bit of national news. Now, as much as that story bummed me out, um, that they've officially bought a ticket and they're in. Uh, last bit of national news would make is it should make you happy. Uh, Ellie De La Cruz could make a narcissist love baseball. I swear to God. Not a Reds fan at all, but this guy is fun. Youngest uh, cycle in in MLB history, I believe. Yeah, we're going to throw in a little baseball here as uh, I think Florida just whooped LSU's butt to tie up the uh, College World Series Finals. Final game tomorrow or today, if you're listening to this on Monday. Yeah, that was your baseball news. On to that Indiana news. All right, we went through Trace. We went through Jalen. Let's talk about race. Race Thompson got invited onto the New York Knicks NBA Summer League team, and great for him. It's it's another feather on the cap. It's another bullet print print on a resume, honestly. Um, If he's getting sold to, hey, he can make the Knicks, right? It's a long shot. But, I, I, yeah, hey, he got the invite. Anything can happen. Race, I'm so pumped to see him give, be given this opportunity. Uh, not be given. He's earned it. He, uh, so pumped to see that Race Thompson has been properly appreciated and invited onto the New York Knicks for the NBA Summer League. God, I'm going to watch the shit out of this Summer League. In ESPN's mock draft for the next season, uh, this is their first mock draft of, for the 2024 NBA draft. They had listed both Kalel and Mbako at 11 and 31, respectively. And again, I I just, so this is a ranking. Assuming they play out well enough to warrant these preseason hypings by ESPN, why the hell are we still on no one's radar? They assume that these guys are going to be able to put on tape something obviously NBA teams will be interested in. And I hope that would translate as success in the college game. I don't think, I think we've seen that it doesn't always. If ESPN is saying we have the number 11 pick in the NBA draft, we have the number 31 pick in the NBA draft. And the other five guys filling out our starting five are Xavier Johnson, a guy uh, playing and studying college point guard uh, long enough to basically have his doctorate in it by now. We have a guy who all before last year, and during last year, everyone said, just wait until next year. That's like the whole case with Malik was, hey, you guys, freshman year, he's going to contribute, but it's the sophomore year that we are, we are going to be anticipating for this kid. Where'd that go? I, I, I figured that was still full on. I have to imagine Malik believes it's still full on. And then the last guy rounding out our starting five is a guy who has added a tool to his game each offseason in Trey Galloway, who in reality... Indiana has one of the most experienced backcourts in the country. We have to have Xavier stay healthy. Um, but, yeah, it's just another case of I don't think everybody's reading into exactly what Indiana has to uh, – can potentially look like next year. What is a team but not the sum of its parts, right? Our parts are getting pretty highly regarded. Where's the regard Indiana, Indiana the program's way? Uh, I'm just pitching into the void, guys. It's the off season here, so I'm going to find stories where I can. Indiana has scheduled its ninth uh, non-conference opponent, and it honestly looks like that is should be rounding out our non-conference schedule. That ninth non-conference opponent will be Moorhead State. With not much else to talk about now that we've talked about the NBA draft, I just wanted to take a look at the non-conference schedule as a whole that we have so far. Um, I believe it probably has to be set by now. It seems like every other big team, Big Ten team, is like releasing their non official non-conference poster. So. Maybe Indiana will have a late edition, but uh, we'll be discussing what we do have for the upcoming season here right after this word from our sponsor. The Often Daunted podcast is brought to you by Big Banter. Uh eh, not brought to you by, but in partnership with Big Banter. See, this podcast is mine. I do everything myself here. I, I present it, I record it, I edit it, all of it. Um, But Big Banter is now working with me um, to get some other voices, some other perspectives from our opponents, from other Big Ten schools, uh, some Big Ten podcasts, all teaming up, just uh, asking each other questions, working together to just help each other's uh, shows out. Been easy getting to uh, work with them so far, and I'm excited to see what we can do in the future. Um, A lot of good things to come for this show, hopefully. Uh, Stick around. Yeah. Big Banter. Go give them a follow. If you haven't followed at Often Daunted, go give me a follow. Thank you. Running through our non-conference schedule for this upcoming season, we are looking to open the season November 7th with Florida Gulf Coast. Following that, Indiana will have Wright State on November 16th, 2023. Following that will be the Empire Classic with UConn, Louisville, and Texas. Those games will be taking place on November 19th and November 20th, and it is Indiana would play on both those days. One week after that, Indian will be hosting Harvard in Indianapolis, which is a, a, a great uh great perspective game. Everyone hypes up these uh big Ivy League transfers. And I, I just want to see the Hoosiers go out there and crush a bunch of nerds. I want to see them just show them, hey, you guys are playing a different sport. That's what I would like to see on that day. Following that, we have uh one of the most interesting matchups in my eyes. That is the Auburn game in Atlanta on December 9th. Every, it's, it's the SEC's... SEC basketball is dominating the game right now. I mean, brand-wise, recruit-wise. But that Auburn team is returning an absolute stud in their center, uh, Johnny Broom. That dude was the uh, only player in the SEC this season to finish top five in shooting percentage, rebounding, and blocks. And he'll be joined by an uh, incoming stud freshman, Aiden Holloway, who, while small... Um, highly touted enough that it seems like he should have an immediate impact in the game. Of course, following Auburn, we're gonna. Yeah, that's that December sixteenth matchup versus Kansas, Kansas at Assembly Hall. God, that's an all time. That's gonna be incredible. Just seeing that date gets me so amped. I'm so pumped. <laughs> yeah, what can be said about that game, guys? They embarrassed us last time. They embarrassed us at Fog Allen. We need to have a good showing at home on that day. We need to have a good showing at home on that day. Just for recruiting purposes only. That's a must win. Honestly, the more I'm, I'm going to think about it and the more I'm going to marinate on that Kansas game, it's a must win in my book. If we're going to continue battling for recruits and transfers and embacos in the future, yeah, we need to start winning these big time games. Whether it's Arizona, like last year, or Kansas, like last year, we need to win these games. We'll have a rematch with Kennesaw State on December 29th. And uh, that last one filling out that non-conference is that Moorhead State game. Again, it's just a case of mixing in the safe with uh, taking a few shots, a few uh, potential resume builders. Hopefully that Harvard one can be because everyone just thinks the Ivy League. So hopefully they win the Ivy League and that looks like a great win. We had 11 last season. Um, Looking at nine total right there. I really like what Mike Woodson and company are doing. Um, Going out, taking those shots, going out and taking part in games like the Empire Classic, uh, where we'll be going back-to-back nights. Um, UConn, Louisville, Texas. Auburn again. Just, yeah, more SEC opponents, please. Purdue, I think I mentioned it last episode. Yeah, they're, they're really going after it with their three on their schedule for next season. And you just, big wins count for a lot. Big losses don't count for much. Go put some big game on the board to go out there and hunt, and here's hoping that looking at the nine we have so far, Indiana's not going to go perfect. I talk myself into a perfect season each year, (laughs) year in, year out, but uh, keeping this one short, guys, I can't really share my thoughts on how we're going to match up against them because I don't know how these Hoosiers are going to entirely look. Uh, I think we're going to be big, which I'm excited to see. I think we'll be able to shoot. I think we'll be faster than we've been used to, and I think... In regards to the teams on this schedule, that'll be a f- that'll that the team I'm imagining will be fun to watch in these games. Yeah, these are the hot, hot. This is what you come to the often daunted podcast for, guys. God, God, I'm am stretching thin here on the 14th off season episode. Boys didn't do nothing but work this week, so that's good news. No news is good news in the off season, I guess. Now that we have the roster that I I, I am happy to ride this season with. No news is good news until uh, the season creeps closer. Yeah, guys, a shorter episode. Just uh, getting you in and out quick this week. Just wanted to talk, to our, talk about our guys in the draft. Uh, but I'm not going to get you out of here without that Hoosier history hit for you. This is your Hoosier history hit. M- mixing it up a bit here on your Hoosier history hit. Today I wanted to look at 10 legendary food brands brought to you by 99.5 WKDQ. Where is that? What region is this? Evansville's Country Radio. Shout out Evansville. I I just stumbled upon this list of 10 legendary food brands from Indiana, and uh, I just thought I wanted to share it. First up on the 10 legendary, you guys, they are legendary food brands from Indiana, We have red gold, tomato, ketchup, you know it, the salsa, everything tomatoes, red gold. Brought to you by Indiana. There you go. There's one. We have second. We have 5-Hour Energy. They are throughout the country, but 5-Hour Energies are brought to you by Wabash, Indiana. That's a crazy one. See, I'm learning along with you guys. Aren't those the best shows? (laughs) Oh, whoa. That dude's worth like a billion bucks now. Jeez. All right. Number three. (laughs) Yeah, 5-Hour Energy. Uh... Questionable to the cardiac health of the country, but uh, produced right here in Indiana. Number three, we had Wonder Bread. Yes, Wonder Bread was first introduced in Indianapolis in 1921. Next up on that list, we have Jet Puffed Marshmallows. The uh, Jet Puff Marshmallow was produced at a craft plant in Kendallville. Now, now, while everyone assumes Papa John, they affiliate. Papa jo- oh, maybe this isn't one to be proud of. They affiliate Papa John's with Louisville, um, but. Papa John founded his giant pizza chain first in Jeffersonville, Indiana. We have Orville Orville Redenbacher. You all know that one. We have Van Camp's Pork and Beans. I've never eaten those, actually, so I don't know why that's on this list. I don't know how legendary those are. I'll take your word for them. I'm more of a Bush's guy. There is Mike Sells Potato Chips on here. Yeah, of course, in Indiana. You see them everywhere. Produced in Indianapolis. Yeah, this person put KFC on the list somehow. They said uh, it might be a stretch, but uh, Colonel Harlan Sanders was born, uh, outside of Henryville, Indiana. So while it is Kentucky fried chicken, it's Kentucky fried chicken, chicken cooked by an Indiana native. And rounding out our list for today's Hoosier history hit is Doritos, which are currently produced out of Frito-Lay's Frankfurt East plant. Yeah, they aren't totally created here, but we produce them now. So credit to the, uh, Guys, putting in the work for our enjoyment at that uh, Frankfurt East plant of Free Delay. Yeah, guys, it was a stretch for this Hoosier history hit. I'm sorry. Like I said, I've been on vacation this whole week. I, I really, I, I thought about mailing it in and just not putting one out this week. Um, but I said, hey, let's just, uh, let's just do it. Let's just do it for the ones that want to listen. We have no, we, yeah, there's nothing to talk about. Not, we're still just awaiting these uh, new recruits. Uh, some some of them are starting to trickle out news about their timelines when they're going to be making decisions. So, yeah, we're due news about news right now, which is a sad state of things, as there's only baseball on television. It's rough out here in the dark days of summer, but uh, I can't thank you enough for tuning in. Um, thank you so much. If you haven't followed me on Twitter, please uh, follow me at Often Daunted. Uh, if you have anything to contribute for the show, if you have any ideas, uh, feel free to reach out to me at OftenDaunted at gmail.com. I, ha- I-, I love producing this show, guys. It's my favorite hobby. Um, I don't always put the most work into it, but uh, I... I- I do feel that each episode uh, is just helping me get a little smoother, and uh, I I can't thank you guys enough for listening to me put out these reps. I hope you guys tune in next week. Um, Hope we have some news for you. Actually, maybe not. Again, maybe no news is good news here in the dark days of summer. Whatever the case may be, hope you and yours have a great week. I'll be back here next Monday. Tune in and uh, give me a listen. Thank you. God bless. Lux at Veritas. Take it easy, Hoosier fans. Have a good one.